Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jay Kokorowski here in Madison on this Tuesday afternoon, and this will go up probably t- tonight. Uh, we'll have this up on our site and also on Megaphone. You can also listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever podcasts are. You'll hear that again at the end of the show, too. But joining us today, and we haven't had a chance to talk yet on this podcast he joined me along with Jesse Temple from The Athletic and BadgerBlitz.com's John Veldheis on Zach Heilprin's show uh, on his podcast, The Camp, just last week. But joining us now is the Wisconsin State Journal's Jason Galloway to help us break down our thoughts on the spring. And Jason, uh, how are you doing? And I was going to say, we both lamented our workouts prior to talking, uh, our workout routines, but uh, how are you feeling otherwise? I feel good, you know, spring practice, we, we got through it and you get a little bit of a break now. It's kind of interesting to kind of, you know, reflect on what we saw over the, the eight open practices and, uh, and kind of looking forward to the fall. Absolutely. And it's going to be one of those things that yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, obviously that'll be late July. You'll have big 10 media days and then you roll straight into really, yeah, you head into the fall camp and it's going to be fun. And that's what we're going to be talking about right now is kind of just recapping what we saw in spring. The you saw eight practices. I saw seven uh, due to a stomach bug in our family, which is always fun. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good times uh, when you have three kids and you're just waiting, you're sweating uh, to see which one gets it next and, and causes you more uh, to miss more time. But uh, more or less, you want them to be better. Of course, that's the biggest thing. Uh, but anyways, yeah. but I mean, you know, the, you saw eight. I saw seven. We, you know, that's compared to the 15. That's about half other practice so maybe we it's interesting because we won't have as i think good of maybe a perspective compared to what was last year where we saw 13 of the 15 uh or a better or maybe a clearer picture compared to having you know just about half this year but um overall maybe we'll start off real quick uh just overall impressions of the camp in your opinion uh players uh you know, I guess, you know, we'll get into more of the questions that we, that we'll lay out in just a bit, but just your overall impressions of what you saw in spring ball. Yeah, I guess really my, my impressions were that we didn't really learn a whole lot. You know, like you said, we had, you know, fewer practices this year to look at. Um, I, th- I think from the, from the quarterback position, which is probably the most interesting thing going into it. Um, you know, Jack Cohn pretty much just maintained a, the highest level reps throughout. And it was interesting to see all four quarterbacks. I think that was probably the, maybe the biggest thing I took out of it was just the fact that all four quarterbacks were able to get pretty significant time out there and we got a good look at all four of them. And that was pretty interesting because, because really I remember coming into the spring thinking, I just don't know what to make of any of these guys after Cone. I, you know, Mertz wasn't, you know, hadn't even practiced yet. And the other two, we, we'd seen such limited time with, um, it was hard to make any kind of evaluation. So I think that was probably the thing. I think that's something that, uh, I was interested to see and, and it was good. You know, we didn't see, you know, as many, as much time as we, we saw in previous years, but I think, just getting a look at all four of those quarterbacks was interesting. It really was. And I think, um, you know, what we can do is say, we'll get to the quarterback position and your predictions a little later because it's going to be very interesting to see who battles for fall, fall camp reps. I think we know one one quarterback that will for sure in Jack Combe, but I'll ask your thoughts about who battles him for the starting spot 
coming up in August in just a bit on that note. But uh, going back to kind of the positions, you know, I kind of want to start off with this. Just there are with the team and you said like you didn't really there are some questions I felt were kind of answered or at least we have a, a picture of who could who will compete in fall camp for reps and, and potentially move into the season you know gaining snaps and, and contributing but yeah I'm I'm wondering what are your thoughts about the main positions of concern in your opinion whether it's like for me it's backup nose tackle because you have Bryson Williams as a sophomore you have you have Gunnar Roberge as a uh, you know, the Richard senior is kind of the backup and, and he kind of, I thought he did. I thought he did pretty well. He had two sacks at the, the last practice, but I guess, you know, that that's one position, but I'm also thinking about tight end depth. You know, is there any others that really stand out to you in your opinion, where this t- you know, where they're gonna have to address a lot coming up in fall camp? Yeah, I think I think there are a lot of questions still with this team, and you you could definitely pick out the quarterback position too. Even though I think you and I were both pretty impressed with what we saw from from Jack Cohn uh, this spring, that the the way that position played last year, you know, you have to be a little concerned still. Uh, but I'm going to go with the outside linebacker group as sort of my my biggest question mark right now. You know, they they have a lot of candidates there on the other side of Zach Bond uh, that have a lot of potential, and you you could see maybe make a big leap this year. But we just haven't seen it from anybody outside of Bond, and I, I I think Bond's a big breakout candidate this season. You know, he was Jim Leonard told us during spring that he really kind of dealt with a little more injury issues than 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 maybe we we noticed in the media from from outside the team uh, this past season, and and that's been an issue for him. And you gotta you gotta have some concern that you know that he can, he can put together a completely healthy season. But but really after him, it's you know so far Noah Burks has been taking the the first team reps in base packages and Isaiah Green Bay has been the first team guy in nickel packages. Uh, you know, both those guys, we still don't know a whole lot about it. It's, it's very, I think Green Bay is pretty interesting just because he's, it looks like he's got at least the, uh, the athleticism to, to be a good pass rusher, but you know, he's got to be able to show it first. And then, you know, Tyler Johnson, you know, we don't really know what we're going to get out of him. We thought he, I, I kind of thought heading into the spring that he would be the favorite, uh, to be that other starter, uh, but it looks like he's kind of behind those other two guys. So I, I'm still kind of, and I, I feel like at this position that that took a drop off last year, um, you know, they had had so much talent for so long on the edge, and and you know they, they I, I've written about this a little bit, but they changed their technique in the run game a little bit with, with in their first year under Bobby April, the outside linebackers coach, and there was a real adjustment period there. They gave up the edge a lot more often uh, last season than they had in previous years. And the, the pass rush just wasn't there with, with Andrew Ben Eagle dealing yeah. with the injuries he had and, and Zach Bond kind of dealing with some things as well. So I think that it's a position that needs to improve a lot, and we, we don't have a whole lot of proven guys there. So um, I, I agree with you on the tight end depth as well. There's, you know, if you get an injury to either Jake Ferguson or Luke Benshaw, you, you, you kind of start scrambling, not, you know, I, I think at that point. So that's, that's a thin position, and I agree with you there. But I think for the, you know, the one position I'm picking out, I think, is outside linebacker. And that's, and that's a great call out on your end when it comes to this, you know, with that group. And it, like you mentioned, it looks like there's at least two candidates that, that will at least gain reps in the fall and see what they can do there. I know Isaiah Green May told us, and I'll play some audio from the interview with him uh, for you guys on the podcast coming up after we talk with Jason and after a break uh, for that. Uh, but that'll be later on in the show. But he told us that, you know, he wants to gain five or six more pounds uh, to, he's about 223, but if he can get up to around 230 with that 6'6 frame and, and get stronger with summer conditioning, that can only help him. And, and you know, he's always going to be a project because he's always so tall and kind of lanky. And now he's going to have that ability if he can 
get this in his third year and contribute could be a big boost in that pass rush and getting after that quarterback. Uh, and, uh, you know, and even though Burks, it looks like he's gotten a little bit stronger, according to what Zach Bond told us uh, after this open practice on the 13th of April. So we'll, it looks like they have candidates and, and we'll see. You've seen some flashes from Jalen Franklin, from even Spencer Lytle. Tyler Johnson's a not a forgot shouldn't be a forgotten man as well. Uh, on that note, the former walk on it that um, if he stays healthy, can definitely contribute, and he's a senior alongside Bond. But we're not even Christian Bell almost feels like the odd man out because he was out the entire spring rehabbing. You saw him con- doing conditioning work, but you know he he didn't get a chance to work in pads all all spring. So it seems like they have candidates. It's just who's going to step up. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I forgot about Christian Bell too. So I mean, there's there's so many names there, but. Uh... Yeah, I mean, you just have to hope that one or two of those guys can really, um, really take a step forward this season and and kind of have breakout years. But it's just, uh, you know, we'll see if that happens or not. When it comes to now, maybe I'll group these two together because they seem pretty similar. But the player that stood out to you the most during camp and then maybe on that note, the most improved from, let's say, last fall camp. To now, so not include any true freshmen on that second part, but for the you know okay. who stood out to you the most, and then maybe the second part of that question, who's the most improved from last fall camp to now? Yeah, I remember, you know I, I remember uh, you know we were doing Zach's uh, podcast you mentioned earlier. We all gave our spring MVP, and it was it was a really tough decision. And it just players that stood out. You could pick a lot of different guys that that had good springs. I feel like it wasn't really obvious. Uh, you know, one guy standing out over the other. But I, I went with A.J. Taylor as the guy that really stood out. I thought he was just really steady all spring during the open practices, and he finished it off with with just a fantastic scrimmage where he caught, I believe it was six passes of of 10 yards or more, four of those uh, went for 20 yards or more. Um, really looked like he had a strong connection with Jack Cohen in that last practice, and he didn't really drop. Uh, I don't remember him dropping any passes, uh, at least in my memory. That's kind of been his Achilles heel a little bit. Over the last few years, you know, he was a high school running back, and that's something he's really worked on. Uh, I'm not saying he's completely over, you know, not dropping the ball at all, but I, th- I think he had a really strong spring, and and I think he's, uh, you know, with with a lot of talent at receiver, I think he's right now heading into the fall. You're probably your your number one guy at that position. Um, as far as most improved, um, there's a lot of candidates there too, but I, I think I'm going to go with David Mormon. You know, a, a, a fifth year senior who hasn't really played at all, at least. On offense for this team um, in his first four years here, and you know Joe Rudolph kind of you know came out and said that he's he's having probably a better spring than or he was having a better spring than than anybody on the offensive line. And he's able to have a lot of reps because Cole Van Lannen was out uh, as well as Tyler Biotich, and so that gave him a lot of a lot of work with the first team. Um, he's at least put himself in position to compete for a starting spot. I don't, you know we'll, we'll I think we'll probably get into the offensive line a little bit later in, in the podcast too, but I, I, I don't think he'll ultimately win a starting job, but he, he could potentially be a guy that's maybe your sixth man. That's really versatile. That could play pretty much any position if, if somebody were to get hurt. Uh, so I think, I think he's, he's, he's in line to at least get some playing time this year. And, you know, last fall camp, he wasn't really anywhere um, near the first group. Uh, he just wasn't even in consideration really to get, uh, to get playing time. So I think he's, he's really made some strides, you know, a couple other guys that stood out to me in that category were maybe Matt Henningsen um, and, and Danny Vandenboom too. I think those are a couple guys that um, maybe last fall camp, you weren't really thinking a whole lot of, or you hadn't seen much of, but, but they're looking pretty, they look pretty good during spring practice. Yeah, no, uh, Mormon's a great call out and uh, yeah. And uh, 
I sent Jason the agenda. So going behind the curtain. So he, he knows that uh, there's a question about the offensive line coming up later on in this show. <laughs> so uh, I like doing that uh, just because, yeah, we have fun here. But yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> you know, I thought a guy like Chase Wolf was interesting as well from last fall camp to now. Yeah. Uh, dynamic quarterback. I, I still think he's the most, uh, arguably the most dynamic quarterback they have on the roster because of his dual threat nature. He can, his mobility, yeah, no other quarterback has that. I think Mertz, Graham Mertz has escapability and he can make plays on the run. But I think Wolf has that nature where he or that ability to take off and gain yardage and, and keep defenses honest in a way no other quarterback can. He also, I think, has the strongest arm, but really you also have to hone that in. Uh, and I think his decision making, he even admitted it uh, on the second uh, last Friday practice, talking about how his decision making needs to be more on, uh, you know, more on par with the standard and John Budmeyer also referenced that with his, some of his throws and make, he can make every throw. It's just a matter of when to make that throw. So I, I would say, you know, I would think Chase Wolf to me, I think, I think he's a candidate for, for the, the most improved. Um, I think Mormon's a great example as well. I think a guy maybe like Noah Burks too, with some game experience from fall camp last year to now uh, he locked down. It uh, looked like he locked down in my opinion. I think we'll see Bond and, Burks uh, with first team reps in, in the fall camp if, if injury or anything else doesn't hit. So there's that as well. Um, but uh, I think player that stood out, I said Jack Cohn when I talked, when we talked with Zach, not to, uh, you know, but I also mentioned, I mean, the only reason why I think why I picked Jack was obviously he had a good spring. He, he looked sharp, especially towards the end. I thought the last two Friday practices that I saw, Probably the best throwing, the throw you know, best throws I've seen from him that spring. Started to put it all together, and you mentioned AJ Taylor. He connected in that last practice. What three big, uh, you know, three touchdown passes for Cone, two deep completions to Taylor, and then you know a nice back shoulder throw on a fourth down against Fayon Hicks. That looked really. Uh, they looked like they were in sync, which is something you you want to see at the end of camp. But uh, I mean, the one that I took because Jesse had taken it was Leo Chanel, and I think that play you know as a player that stood out the most. Three interceptions, two against Mertz, one against Danny Vandenboom at the the first practice that was open to the media. He, you know, for a guy, he's physically built, and you, you know, when you talk to him, he looks like he's ready. Now it's just getting the mental part of the game down, and that's what you do in the spring. So I think he has a really good shot at at, at contributing, uh, if not special teams, uh, you know, or if not on the defensive side, probably special teams just with his physicality. So, uh, and, and I guess that leads into our next question when it comes to your thoughts on the four true freshman early enrollees, mid-year enrollees, whatever you want to call them, Graham Mertz, Leo Chanel, Spencer Lytle, and then also uh, Cam Phelps, who I don't think we got saw a lot of in, in teamwork, if I'm not mistaken, but he did a lot of like indie work, indie, yeah. individual positional works. So I think maybe it'd be tough for Phelps, but the other three, what, what did you think about their performances overall uh, for spring ball? you know, and what it could do to help them go into fall camp. I, I was really impressed with Mertz. I, I thought that, you know, he, he, you can tell, you could tell right away he has the arm talent. Um, and he's a guy that, that could potentially be a really, really good quarterback here in time. Um, now that I still think Jack Cohen's, you know, the, the, the favorite to start heading into, um, into fall camp. I think Mertz still has a, a ways to go, you know, kind of, kind of getting the playbook down and, and, and the signals and, and kind of getting the mental side of the game down, but enrolling early definitely helps in that regard rather than coming in the summer and trying to fast track your way before fall camp and learning all that stuff. So 
I, you know, I, I think he can make every throw on the field and, and he, he really looks like he could be a special player. And whether that happens this year or next year or three years from now, I, I don't really know, but I think that, that he could end up being, uh, uh, you know, I think he could, he could potentially end up living up, living up to the hype at some point. Um, as far as I, I agree with everything you said about Chanel earlier. I mean, he's a guy that, I, I mean, if, if you picked out one, uh, true freshman this season, that was, that was definitely going to, uh, contribute. I, th- I think he would be the pick. I mean, a guy that is already in here taking pretty much all the second team reps at inside linebacker as an early enrollee, and like you said, he's he's physically ready. I mean, he he he. he we all saw that video of him bench pressing two twenty five, you know, thirty two times. I um, mean, he's he's already one of the strongest guys on the team as a as a, as a true freshman. So he he's really physically imposing, and you know, he made a lot of plays this spring. He look he looks ready to contribute right away. And you know, I don't think Lytle is Lytle's probably in line for a redshirt year. Um, he's one of the many names at outside linebacker that we kind of mentioned earlier. He, he did make some plays, uh, you know, in the spring. He, he had, a, I think, he had a couple sacks, a couple interceptions um, during during the open period. So I think he um, he's a guy that could be a playmaker. I still think he probably needs to gain a little more weight. Um, and I don't, I don't think he's I don't think he's quite ready to get in that rotation at outside linebacker. I think when you look at sort of the other names that are that are getting in there ahead of him, he's probably he probably have to take a real leap between now and fall camp to, to contribute too much this year and, and actually not redshirt. But, but, you know, I, I think, I think he's a good prospect and, and there, there's reason to get excited about him for the, for the long term as well. So I think all three of those guys have, have really had their moments this spring. Uh, we'll wait and see if, you know, uh, as far as Mertz and, and Lytle go, whether they're actually going to be able to contribute this year or, uh, or, or, you know, Mertz's case, maybe catch Cone for the starting job, but, but I, I've been pretty impressed with all three guys so far. And we're here uh, on Bucky's fifth podcast, Jay Kokorowski. Owen Reese is on assignment or whatever they call it during radio when they're not around. Uh, he's actually at work. <laughs> but uh, And then we have, of course, the Wisconsin State Journal's Jason Galloway. He has his own podcast, The Red Zone. Make sure you guys check out that fine podcast. I've been a part of it. He has other writers, other beat writers on the sh- on the show, and it's it's great. We have a good time there as well. And my biggest question for you, you know, or not maybe my question to you right now before we head into our predictions: the biggest potential revelation you saw in spring camp, in your opinion? Yeah, there wasn't really anyone that stood out to me as sort of a a huge surprise. There wasn't anyone that I went in and 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 just wasn't thinking about at all that just really surprised me. But I think. I, I, I picked out Isaiah Green May for this one. Now, I mean, we talked about him a little bit earlier, and I mentioned that he's not really proven and he's still got a, a ways to go. But I'm, I'm not picking necessarily because of um, what he did during spring practice or, or that he lit it up out there or anything like that. But uh, the fact that he's doing well enough to earn the first team reps in nickel, I think, is interesting and something that that I wasn't expecting. Um, I think it's I think it's interesting that they're they're using him just in nickel packages and, and, and Burks in the base because the thing with Green Bay is he still he, like you mentioned earlier he still needs to gain some weight and I, I think it's maybe he's still not quite at a point where he they feel comfortable with him holding the edge in the run game uh, or being able to hold up in in a lot of those early downs so I, I think that if if they use him in certain situations and on passing downs on third down and and kind of kind of use him at, you know play to his strengths i think maybe he could have a have a big year and and i think it's going to be really important for somebody like him uh to step up this year to, to help wisconsin improve improve its pass rush i mean that that's one of the biggest was one of the biggest issues defensively with this team last year is they just didn't get the pass rush they'd gotten in the, in the previous few years and if you have a guy like an athletic long guy like green may who can go out there and and really focus on just getting after the passer and not have to 
not have to be an every down guy, but could that could really be a little more of, potentially more of a specialist. And uh, if if he can help them get after the passer, and and that's really his one job, um, and he can do it well, then I think that's that that could be yeah, potentially could be a revelation for for this Wisconsin defense if he's able to do that. So I picked him out, and again, he still has to prove it. And he's like you said, he still wants to gain some weight, still has a little ways to go. But I think if he can, if he can play that role for them, and he can continue to continue to improve, I think he's a guy that could be just crucial to uh, to Wisconsin's defense this year. Now for some predictions, we're looking at you know, we have about four of them on here. First off, and we referenced this earlier, who do you believe will be the starting five offensive linemen? Heading into fall camp, left tackle, the right tackle. Who you got? Yeah, left to right. I'm going the obvious one, Van Lannon at left tackle. I'm going Jason Erdman at left guard, Tyler Biotis at center, Caden Lyles at right guard, and Logan Bruss at right tackle, which is probably that's kind of the five I expected before spring ball as well. Now it's I think it's a little bit I think it's a little bit more up in the air than it was, you know, heading into spring. Like I mentioned, David Mormon had a great spring earlier and he can really play anywhere. So I will see if he's able if, if you know Logan Bruss also took some reps at guard this spring. So if they feel like that's his best position, you know, maybe David Mormon can play a right tackle and, and then Bruss can compete with Erman or Lyles at, at at the guard position and and maybe Mormon ends up starting. Uh, we also have to kind of wait and see about Logan Brown, you know, the five star recruit that's that's coming in this summer. Um, you know, I it's it's I think it's a little bit it's a little bit of a long shot for a true freshman to actually start. Um, at, you know, at, at this, in this program, but I, you know, Joe Rudolph, you know, straight up said that there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to compete for a spot in the two deep. So I, maybe he can surprise everybody and, and really compete for maybe the right tackle job. Um, and, you know, Tyler Beach and Josh Seltzner are also guys that look like they could, they could fill in without too much of a drop off. But I think those five, Alanon, Erdman, Biotish, Lyles, Bruss, uh, those are the five I'm going with. Yeah, I think you and I were similar, except I think I flipped mine where I had Lyles at left guard, Erdman at uh, at right. But it's pretty much spot on. Even though uh, Erdman and Lyles got the the you know most of the reps at left guard, I know Erdman I think's uh, been there could, could can play right guard if needed too. And it's it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, you mentioned that I think Mormon. And Joe Rudolph mentioned, you know, when he talked to us back in mid-April uh, to that point, Mormon was having the best spring out of all the linemen. And then on top of that, you know, he, he has that versatility where he can play both tackle positions. He was listed as a, you know, he played left guard with the reserves, if I'm not mistaken, during the end of, of spring ball. But then also he was the number two uh, left guard on, on the game notes for the pinstripe bowl in, in December. So, and he's in Rudolph also mentioned in April that he was an emergency center. So all you know, he he can play all those positions yeah. and is extremely valuable uh, to to the program and if they need someone to fill in and I, I like Seltzner I thought I didn't see much of a drop off there in turn he's still young uh, and whatnot but he's another Wisconsin interior lineman that you know appears to be continuing to develop there and uh, Brown should be really interesting as well I, I like how you know it, it, I think there's a position open especially if Mormon needs to be moved inside if he's competing for an interior position uh, and, and we'll absolutely see uh, next one who who's in the contention for cornerback reps and then kind of a piggyback off of that who do you think is going to be that slot nickelback so this is obviously with with how much Jim Leonard has been, been moving these guys around during camp. And really since last fall camp, they've all been moving around. It's pretty much been a year long position battle at this point. Uh, but I think I, if I had to pick out a, like sort of a top three right now, a corner, 
I'd say that it's Caesar Williams, Fayon Hicks, and Rashad Wild Goose. And I think if those three are on the field together, I think Wild Goose would be the guy in the slot. So basically, I think Wild Goose is probably their number one slot guy um, with Williams and Hicks. I think Williams and Hicks have probably taken the most first team reps of uh, of all the guys so far. Um, so I, I think that that's how I would think it, it plays out. Now, I, I, I'd have to think that Deron Harrell and Madison Cone will also play uh, with Cone sort of being your second guy in the slot behind Wild Goose. And then, you know, Dante Burton and Alex Smith also have a chance to at least fight for some time. I, I, I do think, you know, looking at the position, I think someone's going to be disappointed here by the, by the time the season starts. I asked both Wild Goose and Williams sort of how many guys at this position view themselves as starters. And they basically said that everyone at least feels like they should be playing. Um, and so at, at some point, uh, there's going to be some guys here because they have so much depth that are going to be unhappy with uh, where their playing time's at. But I think that also that kind of competition creates uh, creates improvement as well uh, with the group. And, you know, even a guy like Wild Goose, who started seven games over the, you know, over the latter part of the year um, last season, I, I think he, you know, he hasn't been taking a whole lot of first team reps. And I, I think he's, like I said, I think he is in that group, that top three group right now. And I do think he'd probably still be their number one guy in the slot like he was over the second half of last year. But uh, there's a lot of competition there. It's really hard to kind of, um, kind of figure out how this is going to play out. Yeah. I think maybe Hicks and Williams are my two to start off with. It terms like the first duo. I feel like if Hicks was, when he was healthy, those two got a lot of time together as they did last fall camp. And when they were eventually renamed, renamed the starters um, to begin the year, but uh, you know, Duran Harold, wild goose, those guys all know, you know, they have experience. Wild goose led the team in pass breakups last year and, you know, started seven of the 10 games he played. And I think he has that possibility to be a lockdown cornerback. And the one thing you and I talked about it after recording Zach's podcast, talking about just with the cornerbacks, you know, Jim Leonard mentioned, you know, they're, they're so far ahead of where they were last year, but they still make mistakes that are inconsistent that, you know, gets them frustrated, if you will, or, you know, they're just, it makes you want basically, you know, and this was when Jim was talking about, essentially the the safeties and you know how they felt that he felt that they were taking big jumps from last year and but then he talked about the corners similar but they're more inconsistent and and uh, it should be interesting to see like you know who they go with in terms of flashing more or if they like last year where you know that's where you saw Dante Carrier Williams leave you know they went with more consistency and whatnot and I think we know what answer that may be in terms of obviously keeping those players, they want the most consistent players out on the field. And, uh, and Nichols should be interesting. I, I like Dante Burton there. I know I've seen Fayon Hicks in the slot. I think I even saw Caesar Williams in the slot once and they're just moving guys in They're shuffling them left and right. Uh, to, you know, I think wild goose was even in there too. Um, if I remember my memory serves me right during the spring. So they're trying to get guys comfortable and, you know, uh, Leonard, uh, Jim talked about it. Really. They're good. You know, they'll probably tighten up everything. The roles come, come fall camp, but it's a time for them to really explore what those guys can do. Uh, now going to the other side of the ball. Actually, no, let's, let's stick on this side of the ball, Jason backup nose tackle spot. It was one of my concerns. As I pointed out earlier, is it a, is it, is it gunner or do you feel like one of the 2019 can, uh, signees can, can make an impact or do you feel like even I think Garrett Rand's a defensive end, but he also has nose tackle experience too. And I'm I don't have any insider knowledge on that, but he also has experience at that nose tackle position too. Yeah, I think the, I think they'll end up rolling with Roberge. Um, you know, I think you know he's a senior who's been around for a long time now, and like you mentioned, he he did make some plays during spring practice. He had the back to back sacks during a scrimmage 
Um, you know, the two incoming freshmen who who could play that spot, uh, Gio Paez and and Keanu Benton. Uh, just from talking to sort of their high school coaches and things, it seems like both of those guys are pretty raw, you know, uh, and, and may still need some time before they're ready to play. Paez has only played football for three years. Uh, so th- those guys have talent and, and they seem like they're both athletic guys with uh, with pretty high ceilings. But I don't know if as true freshmen who aren't didn't even enroll early, if they're going to be able to come in and contribute. Maybe maybe one of them can step up and, and surprise and and fill in there. Uh, if, you know, if, if, if an injury happens to either Williams or Roberge, maybe one of those guys can, can play up to four games and still redshirt. And, and maybe you can fill on in that, in that sense. I, I think this is a position where they're going to want Bryce Williams to stay healthy. Um, you know, they're not going to want to have to deal with trying to figure this out if, if he's not available. Um, and you know, you mentioned Rand, I, I think they really want to keep Rand at end if, if at all possible, if they feel like they're in a pinch, I maybe they would move him over, but I think. You know, obviously, end is his better position. I think it's pretty clear, and he's been kind of waiting to play end for for three years now. Um, and so, I I think they're going to really want to try to keep him out there, especially since they, you know, they do have a little bit more depth at end, maybe maybe now than heading into last season. But uh, but I think it, I think if at all possible, they they want to keep him from playing, being stuck at at, at, no, at nose tackle again. So we'll see how it plays out. I think if everyone stays healthy, they'll just stick with Robert. Just you know, as, as your number two guy at that spot. But, you know, if, if Williams goes down, I think suddenly you have some, maybe some tough decisions to make. Absolutely. And the final question before we let you go, my good man, quarterback position, who battles for the fall rap, fall for those fall reps coming up in August? I think Cone will, will come in as, as the favorite and, and take the majority of the first team reps from the start, sort of like he's been doing in, um, in the spring, I, I think Mertz will be the other guy getting pretty significant reps while Vandenboom and Wolf's workload will, will de- decrease from the spring. Um, you know, we, we talked to John Budmeyer, the quarterback's coach, and he said, um, you know, you really, once you're preparing for the season in the fall, you really can't get four guys this amount of reps. You have to start um, kind of being a little more selective. And, and just from what I've seen, um, even though Mertz, Vandenboom, and Wolf have gotten pretty equal reps throughout spring practice, I do think Mertz, from a talent perspective, is 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 uh, really kind of on another level there. And I think that if if he can get the mental side of the game down more, uh, he can he can kind of be that number two guy going into spring. And then you know we'll, we'll kind of see if he can catch Cone. But I, I I do think that I do think Cone is still going to be taking the majority of first team reps at least to start. And then we'll see if if Mertz or maybe maybe somebody else too can. Um, can kind of challenge him, but I, that, that's kind of how I see it going. Um, now, now if Mertz does end up as the number two quarterback, it's going to be interesting to see kind of if they still play him in garbage time or if he, he plays sort of the role Cohen did last year where he's the number two guy, but, but somebody else takes those garbage time reps to kind of preserve his red shirt. So that I, again, I, I could be wrong on this cause it's, it's, it's always hard to predict these things when, when, uh, when spring practice went the way it did and, and those three guys kind of took pretty equal reps, but just from what I've seen from Mertz, I'd have to think that he's able to, to kind of pull him in that number two spot for, for fall camp. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think Cone starts it off with the first team and I think he ended the spring with a bang. And, but when he comes to Mertz, you know, yeah, I, I'm with you with that. I think Mertz showed enough, I, you know, and, and in spring you're allowed to make mistakes and he made them. He threw two interceptions to Chanel yeah. uh, in, was it the sixth and the 10th practices uh, that he didn't even see him. Like it looked like he just threw it like, Oh, that guy's open. And next thing you know, Leo's right there for an interception and, and taking it back. And then 
Also, you know, but you know, he also showed that he could lead touchdown drives. He can dart, you know, throw a dart to Garrett Groshek for was a eight to ten yard touchdown pass uh, between defenders uh, in one scrimmage, and also throw a, a nice deep ball. So it'll, you know, that'll be interesting. I, I think it's going to be Cone. I think it's going to be Mertz. I, I still don't discount Wolf uh, in terms of what Chase can do because, like I said, I feel like he he showed a lot of ability. It's just he may be a victim of circumstance in terms of Cone having, you know, emerging as a leader and then also just what Mertz can do. I, I feel that, uh, you know, he may be third in line. I, I feel like he will get some reps. And for that matter, you know, Danny Vandenboom, just to put a note on him, he he didn't look bad. Uh, he maybe was the least flashy. Oh, no, not at all. You know what I mean? He was. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I th- yeah, I, I think he was. I mean, I think he, he really impressed me. I, I thought he made a lot of improvements from, from last fall when we saw him. And in that last scrimmage, you know, a lot, you know, Cone got a lot of pub from us because of he threw the three touchdowns and, and I uh, played really well as his best practice of the screen. But I thought Vandenboom in that scrimmage as well, he led one uh, touchdown drive where he completed all six, six of his passes and a lot of zip on the ball. And, you know, he's, I mean, again, this is the deepest quarterback group they've had since I started covering the team in 2014, I think. And those third and fourth guys are, are still guys that, you know, could go out there and, and, and at least hold their own, I think. Absolutely. And that's where I, you know, I, I think, you know, in Vanderboom's got some game experience. It's mop up time. Don't get me wrong, but he played in three games last year. And, and those reps are, those are more than what Mertz and what, uh, you know, a guy like, uh, you know, Chase Wolf's had, you know, in their college career. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, I thought he, in Bud Meyer, you know, I think it was Bud Meyer that praised his, decision making in terms of he knows what throws he can and cannot make and when he does he lets it loose and uh, if he can't he'll progress throughout the play and go from there and you saw that too uh you know during practice even though his i think his last pass was actually he tried to spin around it was, it was the last fall camp rep a uh, spring camp rep and he spun around and then he tried to throw a ball up and Lytle came down with that uh, on the last uh for a game a spring ending pick uh before they started doing the lineman punt return drills or the punt catching drills uh but yeah so no i i I think wisconsin's in a good state there and i think we're in a good state for this podcast jason i appreciate your time uh tell us what's coming up for you i know we're kind of in our almost our off season i'm still rolling through some spring analysis i'll have hopefully on my end you know i think you already had an article up on the outside linebackers i'm not mistaken right i did yep uh taking a look at kind of what we talked about earlier with uh bergson green may and how interesting that spot is absolutely and then what else you got going on for us uh coming up and hopefully you get some time to relax finally yeah definitely i'm glad it slows down for a little bit here i'm working on some uh sort of some features on sort of the incoming freshmen that that aren't here yet i talked to some of those guys um the guys we'll kind of see for the first time in fall camp and and kind of get to know those guys and and put some features out on them. So that's, that's what I'll be working on over the, over the next few weeks. Awesome, man. Well, Jason, we appreciate you having, uh, having uh, you coming on the show. Apparently I'm tongue tied today on this, on this episode, but we appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, looking forward to seeing you come July, uh, hopefully a little bit earlier for a couple of brews down the road. But uh, if not, then definitely big 10 media days and heading into fall camp, man. Uh, enjoy the summer. Yeah, you too. Anytime, Jake guys, it's Jason Galloway from the Wisconsin state journal, the red zone podcast, we're going to take a quick break. Like I said, uh, stick with us because right after that break, I'll play that audio from Isaiah Green May, the outside linebacker for Wisconsin that made some impacts, that made some strides going on in, in the spring. So stick with us and I'll wrap it up from there here on Bucky's fifth podcast. How is your, I mean, 
how's in your impressions, you know, 15 practices and how you feeling with an outside linebacker? How do you feel your spring went? Right. Um, I definitely took some steps this spring. Uh, you know, obviously those uh, first couple semesters I was here, I was learning like how to and what to really, and then it went to how to, and then more playing with confidence really. Uh, starting to take that step, learning the personnel during this spring, right? It's really a competition of us young guys, right? Who's gonna step up next? And so I, I really focused on the personnel, who I was going against, uh, figuring those guys, scheming those guys up, and uh, learn how to play against those guys and certain things that I can attack their weaknesses and. You know, I took that step. When it comes to, I mean, is it, did I see in the nickel packages, is you and Zach then on the outsides? Like, what does it mean when you're working alongside Zach and from what it looked like? Oh, it was definitely. There, it was a preserving first team nickel up there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Zach was my host for my official visit, so me and him really got a strong bond. He's like a, a big brother to me, and these couple years I've known him, we really bonded. Uh, he's a good leader, you know, he's a good guy to look up to, good guy, good role model. Um, I love playing next to him. You know, I'm going to go hard for him. For him, I know he's going to go hard for me. So, um, you know, I, I'm just trying to be out there with him, you know. So Getting in some, la some time last year, what do you think you've improved coming into this year? Um, definitely, like, just knowledge of why, like, why my assignment, what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and how it will help the defense, you know what I mean? Uh, first, it was just like, okay, like, I want to play, I want to play. But it's like, when you do play now, you don't want to mess up, you know what I mean? And then it's like, okay, I need to make an impact on this game. And so, you know, I went through those two phases. Like, I was out there, I felt it, you know, got the jitters out. And now I'm just ready to make an impact for the team. You know? When it comes to, what does it mean when you get those kind of like first team reps when you at the nickel spot, you know, like that? Like, what does it, what, what does it make you feel like? Does it, do you feel like the coaching staff, like, is you know, seeing what you're, the, the, the reps that you're doing right. behind the scenes? Or, mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Um, I, th I just think that getting those reps at nickel it just means that you know I'm, I'm getting recognized but it just motivates me more because like, i want to be that every down guy you know what i mean but whatever they think that will help the team then i'm going to do my best at it and i'm going to keep doing it so that's just it's just how i feel it's just motivation still you know what i mean coming in on nickel but it's like you, you want the whole package you know what i mean you want you want every down guy so i'm just trying to be that every down guy and keep working my way up uh, you were able to get some experience last year. What do you take away from those that play time that you got? Right, um, just the tempo. You know, going from you know practice, I was going against like twos and threes, and so that, that's how I was, like you know, getting getting my reps in and getting my practice down. And then when I got against like the ones against different teams, like those are their best guys, and so like it was definitely a different tempo. So I think that going against our ones now, you know, going with that nickel pack, that one nickel package. Um, I feel like the tempo of play, my tempo of play, uh, definitely would change, and uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to feel that again. I would say with the, what do you think in terms of just uh, what are you hoping that the spring builds upon, like heading into fall camp? I know we've seen, you know, Noah will work with Zach, with you right, know, uh, and then also you've worked with Zach mm -hmm. in the sub package. But what are your goals? For, for summer conditioning, but then you know taking what you've learned in spring and then putting it towards fall camp. Right. Um. I, I want five or six more pounds. Honestly, uh, that that's really what I'm looking for. Uh. Me and Noah, me and Noah got a really good understanding of. Like he's he's base and I'm nickel. Uh. We got an understanding of that. There's there's no um like heat. I guess you can say or like uh there's definitely the competition but as far as like negative vibes never that you know what i mean we got a good group of guys in our room um like we're gonna do whatever it takes to you know help the team and that was isaiah green may talking to reporters after wisconsin's last spring practice on april 26th big thanks to him for taking some time out answering our questions and we'll hopefully at the end of the week have an article up about the outside linebackers i still have to do some transcribing i'm a little behind on my end uh, with the interim manager duties, but uh, great talking to him. 
so some quick housekeeping notes. If you guys didn't see on Tuesday, according to the report front by Jim Polzine, you had Taylor Curry, the redshirt freshman. He did not play in the 2018-19 season because he sat out because of the redshirt. He has decided, according to Polzine, to leave Wisconsin and is in the transfer portal. Polzine also reports in an article in the Wisconsin State Journal that he that Curry will play uh, in a community college in Michigan. And this is the second transfer for the class of 2018 for the signees of that class already this spring. Ty Strickland, the point guard, seemed promising, announced his intention to leave in late March. And next thing you know, now in late April, he decided to commit to Temple. We'll see. I mean, right now, take a look at BadgerBlitz.com's scholarship distribution chart. Wisconsin only has nine players for next season under scholarship. We'll see what happens, you know, and what they can do now. But it should be interesting really to see what comes along for Wisconsin. They do only have one signee in this class of 2019. That's Tyler Wall from Minnesota. So stay tuned, folks, uh, for more Wisconsin recruiting news. And obviously, there's also discussion about the Housers, and that's something to get into with a couple of reports from today. It was Jeff Goodman from Stadium talking about, and then also John Rothstein uh, as well talking about they will visit Virginia uh, this week. Uh, Goodman mentioned Thursday, and then the weekend of May 14th, they will head to Virginia, or they'll head to Michigan State, and it looks like Wisconsin, Virginia, Michigan State are all uh, the finalists to land those two players. On the football notes, when it comes to football, you will also hear about Kyle Penniston, and this was just released a little bit ago uh, on Tuesday, late Tuesday afternoon. You will have uh, you you'll see Kyle Penniston in Scar in uh, as part of the Scarlet Knights program in Rutgers, so he's not going far in the Big Ten. However, Wisconsin does not play Rutgers this season, um, and people have noted unless they go, unless Rutgers and Wisconsin meet up in the Big Ten championship game, which a lot would have to happen uh, for both programs, uh, but really for Rutgers with that uh, with that loaded Big Ten East. So uh, stay tuned for that, and and you know best of luck to Kyle. He was always great to talk to when we spoke with him for the media of the past few years uh, as well. So um, lastly, uh, some Buckies with quarter notes. Uh, stay tuned. Coming up in the next couple of days, we'll likely have an announcement about our new site manager. I'm excited uh, about it uh, from what I'm hearing. And like I said, stay tuned, uh, and we'll you know more about that coming in the next couple of days. Um, and then other than that, really for us, just – be sure to follow us on Twitter at B5Q, me at JCocoB5Q for Owen, who's not here, at Reese Draft, R-I-E-S-E Draft. And, of course, Jason Galloway, Jason underscore Galloway, our guest today. on Also on Facebook, Bucky's Fifth Quarter, Instagram, Bucky's Fifth Quarter. This podcast, listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, as well as Stitcher, anywhere you find podcasts, Bucky's Fifth Quarter 
and our podcast should be there for you. Give us ratings, as Owen says, five-star ratings only. We love hearing from your feedback from you guys. Let us know how we can improve the product for you. So on behalf of Owen Harris, this is Jake Okorowski. We'll catch you guys next week here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast.